Hello and welcome to this episode of the Delhi Walk Heavenwards podcast. We are celebrating the Holy Family and our att- attention is taken by the, the major character of the Nativity set, Mary, Joseph and Jesus, who lives in their midst. What is the challenge? What is the word inviting us to meditate upon? And how can we live, put into practice this beautiful holiday? I'm Father Stanislaw and I so I feel so privileged to break open the word with you. So let's begin by bowing our hands, opening up our minds and hearts, and welcome God's word into our lives. Let us pray. O God, who were pleased to give us the shining example of the Holy Family, graciously grant that we may imitate them in practicing the virtues of family life and in the bonds of charity. And so, in the joy of your house, delight one day in eternal rewards. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictates of in the law of the Lord. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword, will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, and having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, 
she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. We take our we do. Okay. We take our first steps into the Christmas season and it seems that we were just here a couple of days ago, right? And um, and we are looking at the manger and usually we have a couple of days that will allow us to meditate on the beauty of the birth of Christ. But this year, because of how they fall, the days of the week fall, um, and Christmas fell so close to the Sunday, we are immediately looking at the whole scene. And therefore, we are celebrating the feast of the family, the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So in a way, the camera zoomed out a little, okay? So Christmas allows us to see the child, and now the we see the whole family. What is there to us? What are we celebrating and what can we do to make it real for us? First of all, the church in the opening prayers already gives us a sense of what we are supposed to be doing. As we contemplate the Holy Family, we want to learn from them something. And we want to learn what it means to for us who made the choice of letting Jesus be born in us, what it means to live a life where Jesus is at the center, where Jesus is the priority in our lives, where everything that we do points there and everything comes out of the fact that he is present, living in the midst of us. What can we learn? What can we do to respond to such a beautiful uh, reality that God's love is really concrete because by God becoming flesh, he's telling us, I value so much. I value who you are so much that I'm becoming like you so that you can become like me because that's what love does. Love allows one to become closer to the other, but the purpose is that the other has to also get closer to the other. And therefore, there is this transforming embrace that makes us one with them. This is the foundation of Christianity. That's why it's beautiful that we celebrate these holidays, because they allow us to enter into the foundation of what it means to respond to God's love. And therefore, if God is telling us your world, your reality is important, we ought to consider important as well. That when we talk about as church, the dignity of human life, where did we get that idea? From there. By looking at the manger. We are looking at what God has done by becoming flesh. All right. So now we look at the very first quote-unquote consequences that comes to our lives when we put Jesus at the center, when we let Jesus be born in us and in our midst, we immediately see that what is changed is the way we relate to ourselves, to each other, 
to God and to the people out there. In other words, we discover that our relationships are transformed because it is in our relationships that we experience the presence of Jesus. Of course, the very first relationships that we experience is the fact that we, like Jesus, also have been conceived and have parents. Whether we know them, whether we have good or bad relationship with them, but each one of us is here because we have parents. We are generated by someone. And therefore, we are connected to the human race. None of us is an angel, unless... Any of you? No? Okay. So, you understand, we are all... Angels are different species. <laughs> Sometimes we say, you know, when people die, they become an angel. No, that's a different species. We are humans, and that's what God is telling us. Appreciate who you are. Understand the beauty of human life. Understand the beauty and the dignity of creation. So, now we enter into this reality of relationships because we are made in the image of God and God is love. And God is also a trinity of persons. It means that we see in God himself this inner relationship that he has. So we want to value, especially at this celebration, uh, relationships. And the holiday already gives a title to our relationships, the way we ought to relate to each other and to people out there, people we know, people we don't know, people we like, people we don't like, people we agree with and we don't agree with. What is the label? What is the name, the way, the, the, the lens through which we can see, ought to see every single relationship? Family. 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 All right? So, let's find out. The first reading tells us that uh, uh, we relate, you know, in, in the, the culture, in, okay, let me put it this way. I'm still waking up, so it's all right. Hang in there. Uh, we learn from the world, but Christianity must add something more because we are celebrating Christmas. We are celebrating the centrality of Christ, God becoming flesh. So what is the something more that we bring into everything we do? Love. Remember that. When you don't know the answer, say love, and chances are it's the right answer. All right? So, what is the something more that we bring into relationship? Love. Why? Because God is? And Jesus said, by this they would recognize you as my disciples if you? One another. No matter how you flip the burger, it's always the same thing. We are identified only and exclusively as the way, with the way we love each other and we love other people. So we are supposed to love each other, love one another as I loved you. You remember? And then what, how do we relate to people out there? Love your neighbor as yourself. How do we relate to people we don't like? Love your enemies. No matter how you turn it, it's love. So love must be the something more. Now, the world, the culture, tells us something. And we, in order to be Christian, had to add the element of love. And the element of love is found in reciprocity. Okay? I help you out, you help me out. Becoming a saint. 
I love you and you love me. Somebody should write a song about that. Uh, and, and that's the something more. Look at what's happening in scriptures. Jesus and the gospel is bringing something amazing into this reality. In, at first, we have this, the way things are done. And the first reading highlights the fact that children have the responsibility of being loving to their parents, especially in the old age. Okay, yay. But St. Paul now takes a completely different, adds something more. And that sometimes is going to be a little tough. In fact, the second reading is, is good up to a certain point, and then there is the last paragraph that we have a tendency of cutting out because it seems to be a little bit too much for us. First of all, St. Paul tells us, if we want to live in a, a life where Christ is born in us and he is at the center, we have to, quote, put on love. Okay? Put on love. Okay. What does it mean? And he gives us examples. He says, be patient with one another. Bear with one another. You know, endure the presence of one another. It's not easy to be family. Right? It's not easy to be family. And yet, we have to make it happen. Family relationships are intentional. And therefore, he says, sometimes you have to bear with the other guy. Okay? There is the one that doesn't say anything, and the other one that talks all the time. Okay? You have to endure both things. Okay? There are some people you ask in family. We, we all have families, right? What do you want to do? I don't know. Oh, come on, help me out. What do you want to have for dinner? I don't know. Ugh. And the other one, it's yapping all around. Oh, the drama and the, the black ship. We have them all. So Paul is saying, build up this relationship. I wish we could memorize the second reading because it's really helpful to build up relationships in our families, in our workplaces, and in the church. Because those suggestions, the way in which he, they're not suggesting, they're <laughs> uh, they are really a realization of what it means to live a Christian life in re healthy relationship with others. And he says we do that by allowing the Word of God to dwell in us richly. It's amazing that the vast majority of Christians, of Catholics, don't know what Christ said. We think we know. Because we pick up things from television, from a movie, or uh, I remember talking to someone and this person would say, well, Jesus said, um, God helps those who help themselves. No, he didn't. Well, I'm, he was convinced. He said, no, he comes from great tragedy. But sometimes we think we know, but we don't. So we must make sure that in order to allow Jesus, who is the Word of God, the eternal Word of God, living in us, we have to let the Word of God dwell in us richly, meaning a lot. Come on, let's be honest. If we only go to church on a Sunday and we only focus on the Word of God for the 10 minutes of the liturgy of the Word, that, those few minutes have to compete with the rest of the week. Which we listen to, watch television way more than we listen to the Word of God, radio, television, you know, we are bombarded by negative stuff. Of course, the Word of God will never, we don't remember it. 
But if we deal with it, when, if we feed on the Word of God and allow it to dwell in us richly, it will pop up, don't you think? Try. Let's try this. Okay. So, now we go to that part which seems to be problematic. Paul says, wives, be submitted to your husband. Oh, we don't like that, do we? Right? Yeah? Is it churning? Is there something happening in you? Feeling? Weird feeling? Good. Continue. Let's continue to read the whole thing. First of all, Paul is trying to say, look at what's happening when you put on love and you leave relationships as Christians. So, he says, wife, I understand. Be submitted to is not probably, they, they need to find another word. But remember the life of Christian is based on what Christ does, which is I'm going to humble myself, but I don't remain there. What am I doing there? To lift us, that's what Christ did. He became flesh. He became like us so that we can become like him. Okay? Always keep that in mind. So, Paul is saying, first of all, he says, Wives, be submitted to the Lord as it's proper in the Lord. Which means there are ways in which they are not proper. And that's what we want to pay attention. There are ways that are proper, ways that are not proper in the Lord. So, he's saying, the way of putting up love and living out relationship is this. Wives, be submitted to your husband in order to fill it up, to lead him up. Now he adds the other part that was frightening. It must have been really shocking to them. He says, husbands, love your wives. Be loving to them. So now as a husband, I have to love the other. What does it mean to love the other as Jesus did? That I have to do the very same thing. So I, my preoccupation is I love you. I consider you more important than me. So the wife remembered Christ is in the middle. It creates this seesaw thing. I consider yourself more important than me, lift you up. The husband goes, no, 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 you are more important than me, lift you up. And then the wife says, no, 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 you're more important than me, and lift you up. And that's how we go to heaven. We go to heaven by pushing each other up, helping each other up. It's more fun that way, really. So I'm, I'm like Jesus said, I'm sanctifying myself for your sanctification. I'm lifting you up. You cannot be just there and watching the show here, okay? You have a role. You have to help me out to become a saint. And that's how we build up. Now, look at what else he's doing. We already know that the culture and the, the word were saying, children, be respectful to your husband, uh, to your husband, to your parents, okay? So it's children, lift your parents up. But now he's adding the other side, the, re the reciprocity, and says, parents, don't exasperate your children. That was different. Like, what? what? Why? Because now parents have to help the children to be saved, so they have to be lifted up. Do you understand what he's doing? It's pointing out, he's giving an example of how we live relationships. I know we get stuck on the word be submitted to, because we consider that as a negative. But for us, is a way of, help, of doing what Jesus did and help the other to become saved. We lift the other up. Are you with me? Yeah. Do you understand why it's... In, because sometimes people take this passage out. But it's, exactly, it's so important. It says, well, Paul didn't like women. Read the whole book. 
And you see that Paul, unlike all the others, because there was this something new happening in the world through Christianity, considered women to be co-partners in the gospel. And we have the names of them in scriptures. Lydia is one of them. He considered to be, to her to be a co-worker when the culture considered women to be inferior. So one thing is to consider th someone else inferior, and the other one consider, I make the choice to submit myself. I make my choice to humble myself before you and lift you up. Do you understand the changes? Do you understand when we read the whole book and try to understand what Paul is saying, we find so many wonderful and revolutionary ways of living the gospel. Why? The goal is always to look at each other with, through the very same lens. We are all brothers and sisters because God has adopted us into his family and we all call God Father. So whenever we say our Father, there are consequences. And what is the consequence? That we are all children. So we ought to have this relationship, these bonds, that are, fam that are like family. And that's what we want to learn in this particular holiday. When we look at the Holy Family, not only we appreciate our own families, we not only appreciate the gift that we have, especially this year, where maybe the celebration have been not as family-oriented as they used to be because of isolation and things. So we appreciate the bond that we have, the human bond, with our family, but we also have to take another step and understand that we are all members of the family of God and we ought to learn how to live with one another. And only in this way we will be able to see what God is trying to do, what He wants to do, and He wants to transform our hearts so that we can change the world and help each other to remain in this beautiful reality. God calls us to be His family because He made us into and called us to live our life as children of God. I hope you felt encouraged by the gospel, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to take a look at your relationships and uh, wonder how we can tighten those relationships up a little bit to in order to respond to the call to be always a family. I wish you well, and I'll talk to you soon. Continue to pray for us as we, as I am praying for you. God bless. Bye-bye.